I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the Internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hello, welcome to Film Fandango, the film podcast. I'm David Reed, and this is my co-host, Mr. Marit Larwood. A very formal introduction for what is going to be a very formal podcast. What is it? It's a film podcast. What happens? We talk about films. Uh, we are the most informed people about films you could ever possibly listen to. I am not. I'm refute that. We oh, talk- no, neither am I. I thought you were the... I thought we were playing a good film podcaster, bad film podcaster. No, no I'm going to give you the introduction. What, it's, like, it's a sort of contents page, this, isn't it? Yeah, it is a bit. We're going to talk about two films that we have seen, one each. In the middle, we're going to talk about letters and um, beg for some money. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right, I'll tell you what. What are you drinking out of a mug that you have no power over me? What's that? Is that from? That is my labyrinth, labyrinth. mug that, um, that I was bought by... Uh, Previous host of this podcast, Miss Danielle Ward, uh, she bought it online from a website, and it is the cheapest looking mug you can have. Someone's how much did it basically cost? just rubbed a DVD cover of Labyrinth against the mug. I don't know; it's like a fiver or something. Don't get Labyrinth mugs mugs online. Hey, to tell you what, did you? I went to the cinema. You went to the cinema. What did you see? And that noise in the background for new listeners is Buddy the dog. It's not us making any weird noise. Well, ninety three percent. That's David doing the same thing. 93% of weird noises come from Buddy the dog. Anyway, after what seems like um, years of superhero films and action films... We're in the lull, aren't we? There's there's no superhero films on at the moment. Well, it's the summertime, so probably no one's going to listen to this because um, uh, everyone goes out rather than goes to cinema. That's right, they're all having picnics and making sweet, sweet love in the meadows. Yeah, or uh, uh, banging in the bushes. <laughs> That's right, the British version. Yeah. Or um, if you're doing solo, it's stuff in the woods. Um, <laughs> Still bashing. Bashing yeah. in the woods. Getting getting it all out. But um, I'll tell you what, though, mm. on a serious note, I, I saw a film. Yeah. Um, it's, a sort of, it's based on a novel, which is a successful teen novel. It's aimed at teenagers. It's a cancer story aimed at teenagers called The Fault in Our Stars, which is a sort of love story. Now, for long-time listeners, stroke lovers, you might um, think I'm quite a cynical, negative person, but I actually do like rom-coms, and I do like love stories. This story, I'll tell you what happens, it's called The Fault in Our Stars, 
Uh, it's an American film about two teenagers who meet in a sort of um, cancer sufferers group where they can go and chat and find out about cancer. Like, like the groups at the beginning of Fight Club? Similar to that, but think of sort of quirky teenagers and it's without any... And it's, uh, Me- Meatloaf's not there. Meatloaf's not there, but it's just a sort of... It is a group of people. Um, this is... It's aimed at teenagers. Touch wood, I haven't had anyone big sort of in my life uh, who die of cancer, so I don't really know all the sort of... Not comings and goings, but all the things that happen. Sure, how accurate a yeah, portrayal it is. Whether it's too schmaltzy. Um, so if someone who... Like I said it to my girlfriend, who... Um, her, she was engaged before in her when she was about 13. Her fiancé died of cancer when he yeah. was really young. So she would know it really, really accurately. Yeah. So this might be someone she goes, oh, that just doesn't happen, or that's really glossed over, or that's too romanticised. So I think it depends on who's watching it. It is for a teenage market, so it's not really for an adult market. Um, Things tend to be nicified a bit for the teenage market, don't they? I mean, it's yeah, nothing too grim. I think it's better. I mean, if you think that Twilight is quite annoying in places and yeah. ridiculous, it is, has has got a, f- a feel of that going for that teenage sort of uh, um, sort of market. But I, I think they just went on the right line of it, and that's mainly because the lead actress was incredible. What's her name? Her name is Shalene Woodley. Um, she's only about twenty-two. What uh, has she done? Anything else notable? Yeah, she's or? done. Um, I'll find out what she's doing. Coming on IMDb, Shalene um, Woodley. Yeah, she's not as if she's, she's not sort of sort of strikingly, amazingly beautiful, but she's got a really nice voice. And the, when the film started out, and you see sort of a close up of her face, and she's talking, you think, "Oh no, it's going to be one of these awful teenage <laughs> love stories." And I get really pissed off. And the cinema is full of like teenage girls yeah. and me which is probably quite worrying for them. Um, <laughs> she's done just, yeah, general teenage sort of I'm-a-teenage-girl things. Like the early career of Anne Hathaway? Maybe, yeah. I thought she was brilliant. So you play it with the right tone, and um, uh, she falls in love with this boy who's... Uh, no, she, this boy falls in love with her at this uh, post-cancer group. The boy is played by a bloke called Ant- Ansel Egg Elgort. Never heard of him. He's a bit of a newcomer. Laura Dern's in it as the mum. Okay. Which is weird seeing a really great actress who's just now consigned to sort of mum roles. Mums, yeah. And the dad, the only thing that was weird about this film, I think the dad played by a bloke called Sam Tram- Trammell, I don't even know who he was. The dad just doesn't look like a dad in this film. <laughs> he looks like a sort of slightly rubbish sort of American sitcom actor who's placed in a film where he doesn't really fit and he's got... You know, some actors have this slightly trimmed beard and overdone hair, overly yeah. stylized, like a trendy dad. Yeah, he's almost comic at, at points. So I found him almost comic. So it, it didn't really fit. Think, just get get him off the screen. It's odd that, isn't it? Because we we would complain about typecasting as well. You know, just go. Why does he always get that role? But then when you do see someone miscast, it is really arresting. Like you can't help but it takes you completely out of the world. Like I've said it before, I think, but seeing anyone who's had obvious plastic surgery in a period piece, yeah, and yeah. you go, have they got a horrible disease? What's what's going on? He's a bit. He's not quite that bad, but he's just bad enough to make me think. You just. You're, why are you acting weird the whole time? Um, 
So the story is, they meet at this group, and it's just about a relationship, and they've got another sort of quirky members there, they're all sort of cancer sufferers. So there's this really, really dark undercurrent. And it's described in the reviews as like these sort of quirky, witty teenagers. I didn't particularly find them that witty, mm. but I found them interesting, and just, and it's hard to straddle that thing between being a tearjerker and being annoying and being... Um, what's the word? Apologies, I'm so tired. Being, being quite gratuitous and quite... Uh, Clumsy hmm. with how you deal with it. I mean, I mean, I cry at films, and I bawled. Uh, I was like a teenage girl. I cried at several points during this film. So it knows what it's doing. Yeah, basically. I like going to see a film. I mean, I do cry at most films, and you, I know it's difficult to believe, but I did cry a lot of this film at the end, and I thought that was done really. It is schmaltzy, but it's just on that right line. Who was this for? I don't know. I don't know. Well, it's for you, clearly. Yeah. Were the were the were the girls in the cinema crying? I heard some proper sniffling towards the end. Some proper. Were they crying <laughs> at the film, or were they afraid <laughs> at how emotional the the bald man in the corner was becoming? They were. I, they were scared of the bald man. I was crying so much, all my clothes got wet, so I had to take my all of my clothes off. And your hands got sweaty, and... so you started to drop your knives. Yes, yes, yes. So I had to take. I had to take. I was there drying my clothes in the seat, and I didn't want to cry myself, so I stood up. Yeah. Um, and when I cry, I always get an erection. Yeah, and you sort of howl as well, don't you? you just howl. <laughs> and um, I mean, there were screams. There were I'm screams. welling up now, just uh, just thinking about yeah, it. Yeah, that's what happened. Um, <laughs> but this is uh, this is a good film. I don't know what... It's quite odd because it's a film I wouldn't ever go and watch unless I was doing a review yeah. and there's not anything in the cinema. Well, it's not really been marketed at us. I've not seen much marketing for it other than maybe the occasional telly advert. But... Well, my barometer is I, I go to the Muswell Hill, my local audience, which has been one person in for Godzilla. Yeah. Uh, about three, four people in for the... Was it Edge of Tomorrow? I can't remember. Edge of Tomorrow, yeah. Edge of Tomorrow. This... Had about 25, 30 people in. The lucrative teen market. That's a whole teen market. And it, and it was really refreshing to see a film that makes you feel like an old love story. Mm. It felt quite... And it, and it did some brave things in it. Like the main actress who plays this girl called Hazel, she carries uh, her oxygen tank with her and she had the breathing... You know, those sort of tubes you put up your nose? Yes. She wore that for the whole film. And so I that's thought, almost a character thing. That's like, well, that's just that, that's what that's quite it's like Indy's hat. Isn't yeah, it? well, not. Like, I thought it was quite a brave thing to do. Is that like, oh, we, we are dealing with a you know a serious illness, and rather than thinking and being realistic about it, that that is her illness, and that's not it's not beautifying her. Yes, which I thought was really good. They had, and she looks relatively normal. She's pretty, but she's got this sort of normal uh, side to her. I mean, and she seemed more three dimensional than the other bloke in it. Um, yeah I give it seven Marricks I think it's worth watching it's on TV if you like crying at films you want to see a love story uh, and I'd be interested I'm interested to see what other people thought of it because I felt a bit too ignorant about people dealing with disease to to talk about it properly but if you as it's for teenagers it's it's worth seeing if you want to go and make your teenage daughter cry and realise how lucky she is to be alive Go and get make us watch this film. Okay, okay. Well, I'm sold. I'll probably wait for telly. But I think Shalene uh, Woodley uh, put in a brilliant performance. She'll go far. She will be. She's uh, the next um, Jennifer Uber Uber thingy jobs. 
Oh, God, I love Jennifer Uber thingy jobs. Yeah. So, yes, I don't know. I'm a bit. I did. I did cry a lot. It so that must mean it's good. Seven Marics. Seven Marics. All right. Well, middle section. Yes. Uh, we people would like to write in. If, if I tell you what, yeah. I want to get in touch with us. Yeah. What medium do I use? You can use the medium of the internet by emailing us dearfilmfandango@gmail.com or via the internet. You can go to facebook.com forward slash filmfandango and write on our wall. Or if you're not one for those, then why not use the internet and go on Twitter. Uh, at Mr. David Reed, at Marek Larwood, or at Film Fandango. I mean, you can do all of those, but what happens realistically is we just go onto the emails and read out the emails, and we don't really ever read out any tweets, so just do the emailing bit. Well, we're not very active on Facebook, so you can talk to each other on Facebook. Um, it's probably easier. And then Twitter things tend to just disappear off the bottom, and we don't notice. Uh, that's, that's, that's life, I suppose. That's, that's life. life. I yeah. mean, things disappear off the bottom. I tell you what, though. You know, I went to see um, uh, 22 Jump Street. Yes. And I didn't like it. You were and it cost broke. me £15.95. Yes. Someone's written in. Robert B- Burris has written in, I think, a regular listener, and he won the Oscar competition. Has he written did. In. Do, you like, do you like reading? I love reading. Do you like reading in Liverpool accent? Yeah, all right. Bingo, bango. Bingo, bango. Uh, Liverpool. Marek. Thanks for saving me the price of a cinema ticket. Peter Bradshaw gave 22 Jump Street a rave review, but as a fellow misanthropic prick, I trust your opinions more than I do. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> it's a compliment. Fellow. He called you a fellow. Yeah, but, okay. I almost vomited when you said you had paid over 15 quid to see it here in Newcastle. Newcastle? It says at the bottom Liverpool in brackets. <laughs> I pay for, I pay five fifty at the local independent, which is about right. Anything over seven quid wouldn't be worth it. I had to stump up another tenant as the X Men and Engine Tomorrow at the Odeon, as the independent doesn't show blockbusters or anything. Crap! Someone needs to explain why the big chains charge so much. Here is my list of what you get for your money when you visit an Odeon or cinema. I'm going Geordie anyway. Visit an Odeon or cinema, City World over an independent. Uh, you can choose a seat before you go in. I've genuinely gone to Newcastle now. That's, That's fine. Weird it's brain quite, it's disease. Nice. Chances are you choose a, a shit one because 30% of the seats are too close to the screen. You get a free bag search. If they find a camera, they kick you out, even though everyone carries an HD camera in their pockets nowadays. If the film is more than a week old, you end up in screen 17. Even though you paid full price, the screen is smaller than the average TV. You get a seat next to someone with their shoes off, eating cheesy nachos, who constantly checks their phone. Five, 30 minutes of adverts, including at least two army recruitment clips. Six, one of the Borg checking their, uh, they're not taping the film, even though there are already dozens of HQ uploads of it on the internet. And seven, the knowledge that you're supporting a company that hates films. Cinematic experience, my eye, Rob Liverpool. I think he's quite right, and I hope you manage to go through puberty soon, Rob, and then you'll get to see some 15s and maybe 18s. That'd be fun, wouldn't it? They're oh. good, aren't they, 18s? Uh, the thing is, you don't get, this is another question, mm. you don't get 18s as much anymore, because everyone realises you'll just put those three years, yeah, cause the people cut who you actually... about two million off the budget. Well, anyone over your... 15 doesn't really want to go to the cinema, because it's full of under 15-year-olds, so um, it's all a bit, it's all a bit uh, polarised, isn't it? 
I tell you what. Everyone wants that 12A rating. Uh, I wish I was 12A. Oh, you can be one day. I wonder what if you put, a, you know, on someone, you have to give people ratings on their companies. Yeah. In the future, you have that. You have that people, you say, all right, you, I won't call Tony's coming around, but you know how to speak to him because he's a... Uh, he's a video nasty. <laughs> where he's 50. <laughs> he's 18. He's, he's, he's 21 plus. Oh, God. Uh, here's someone's written in. Ben Payton's written in, titling his um, email, Marriage Craziness. I think this is a reference into me getting angry with the constant building work. Yeah, you did. You had a bit of a breakdown last week. I breakdown. I think it's just expressing We're myself. branding it as a breakdown. Here we go. Hi, buddy, David and Marek. Whilst listening to Marek's on podcast breakdown, there we go, <laughs> uh, about, about builders in life in general, it reminded me of the protagonist that is driven to a killing spree in Driller Killer. What the fuck? <laughs> That's pretty worrying, isn't it? This was the first band video nasty from the Video Recording Act I ever saw. And I actually saw it before it got past a general release. As I was 15 at the time, I was more excited with the concept of watching a band video than really enjoying it. In hindsight, I think I probably would have taken more away from the film as an adult, now, I can, now that I can sympathise with troubled people living in challenging situations. Although I still wouldn't recommend hedging anyone as, mean, as a means of outlet for their social frustrations and possible insanity. Brackets, Marek. So, David and Marek, what was the first film you saw from the video nasty list? And were there any you want to see but haven't? Interesting. Um, That's Ben Painter. Uh, video nasty. The video nasty list, I actually, I um, I wasn't sort of that intrigued by it all as a kid, you know, going to the video store or whatever. Yeah. But um, the, fir- the only one I've seen from the original list, in fact, I think, is um, Cannibal Holocaust. Which uh, John Holmes brought in when we were doing this podcast. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, and I think The Evil Dead is on the sort of extended list. Try to find the, you got the list. The list is on oh, that it's list. Oh, here, it's here, yeah. Um, I have seen, I've seen Driller Killer. It was quite boring. I remember just watching it and thinking this is really, really boring. Yeah. And I think he's mentioned, wasn't Straw Dogs was on there or something? That's on the extended one as well, is it? I saw because that's got the, um, the rape I've scene not seen in it. it. It's brilliant, Straw Dog. Dustin Hoffman is amazing and it's terrifying. They remade it, didn't they? Yeah. I like, uh, don't know why they remade it, but it's. Uh, I think there's a few... It's really interesting. They should, make, they should remake Driller Killer now they've got modern drills. They will do that. <laughs> Just so you can update really, the drills. Really, really quick and efficient. Um, With different uh, attachments for different... Yeah. That would be good. Uh, the Last House on the Left. Really? That is on there. Uh, have I seen that? I think I'm sure I've seen... There's a lot of cannibal uh, something films. Cannibal Ferox. I can't remember I've seen that. Well, I've seen I've seen the ones that were on the extended ones and that. Um, and I started watching Maniac, which the original Maniac. Yes. And it was really rubbish, so I couldn't bother to watch it anymore. Okay. And I've seen Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Have you seen that? Yes, I have. Which I really enjoyed. Uh, Clockwork Orange... I like Clockwork Orange. I think, I think it's the, great. It's one of the most amazing. The thing about the Clockwork Orange is the book itself. Yeah, is phenomenal, and the book's about language. It's, it's, it's a, a different ending, isn't it, to the book as well? Yeah, I but think I just think the fear of the book is he's almost created this whole new language of speaking. So, yeah. I know that the events and what happens in the book in the film is shocking, and in the book. But for me, the overall overriding sort of interest was the language and the way it was written. Which ne- never translates into the film. Anyway, um, I hope that's answered your uh, questions. We've got um, a, a one more letter. 
Do you want to read it? Go on then. How good are you at reading? I'm okay. Go for it. Uh, what's the accent? There is no accent. We'll pick one. I want this one to be someone who's got no enthusiasm for for life. Oh, God. And in their, Why do you keep branding the podcast in this way? And in their right hand, they're holding a gun. Right, so do an impression of... <laughs> Hello, it's me, Merrick. No, that's not... <laughs> I don't... No. <laughs> Just do someone waiting for a bus and he's waiting me wait for half an hour. Dog and two humans. Today I watched Lance Bang's excellent documentary Breadcrumb Trail about the band Slint and by extension the post-hardcore punk scene of Louisville, Kentucky. I highly recommend it, even if those points of reference have left you with an expression of complete bafflement. The film is a clear labour of love, with great enthusiasm for the subject matter, and in my view, enough character and humour to not only hold the attention of a lay person, but to ignite their interest in slint and relatively obscure Kentucky-based indie rock musicians. Also, the fact that it offered me a wealth of interesting information and context for a band who I was already a big fan of has encouraged me to ask the question, have you ever watched a documentary or something you know a lot about that nevertheless gave you new perspective on it? And while I'm here, what documentaries have you watched about a subject you have little or no knowledge of or interest in that changed your outlook on it. Cheers for reading and for the podcast, James. Uh, P.S. Was cool to hear the positive words about Cloverfield's, uh, Cloverfield a few episodes ago. That film isn't perfect, but I'm always sort of surprised at how much some people seem to strongly dislike the film. Though, yeah, that prolonged shot is shite. Uh, thank you, James, for your email. Um, documentaries about stuff you little well interestingly uh, fortuitously con- uh, coincidentally uh, the film I saw this week is on that list so we'll get on to that okay. but is there any is there anything else you uh, I mean uh, every documentary is usually about something I don't have a you know yeah. deep knowledge of already that's sort of partly why they're so fascinating I think Blackfish watched recently was quite interesting yeah yeah about, that's the uh, one about SeaWorld I didn't realise just how badly they they, they were all treated. Yeah. But I actually quite enjoy music documentaries because often they can be these tiny little obscure parts of the world that you know of someone's world that you know, knew nothing about. But people are so passionate about mm. it that you just get for you know for a brief window in time these four people were you know quite a few people's entire world. It's you know it can be really interesting. One of my favourites is Anvil. Anvil, the story of Anvil is incredible. That made me cry. Because that's almost the same as um, uh, my career without the success at the end. <laughs> and without any uh, film crew having an interest in you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but if you haven't seen Anvil, that's a, got a great insight into the fickle world of the music industry. Yeah, yeah. But also their enthusiasm is... Uh, the enthusiasm of the artist is inspiring. It's amazing. Hey, but what's, what did you go and see, David? Well, because I uh, looked uh, at the listings of my local cinema and saw only tween cancer romances and spin-offs of live-action live spin-offs of Disney villains. You like that stuff, though? I don't want to go and see Maleficent. I, oh. 
don't even remember her in the original, but... Who is Malef- what is Maleficent? Maleficent is the one about the villain from Sleeping Beauty, is it? Or, yeah, but starring Angelina Jolie. Well, 7.49 IMDb. It's, do- it's trying to do that thing that Wicked did of going, well, the villain was actually the good guy originally, guys. Oh, okay. There's moral ambiguity in the world, Invasion of Iraq. Um, what, what did you watch then? <laughs> uh, I watched a film I... The, I really wanted to see when it was in the cinema. I think it was last year, and it um, uh, and it passed me by for whatever reason. But it's uh, the documentary uh, "Beware of Mr. Baker." What happened? Which is right. Uh, "Beware of Mr. Baker" is about um, the life and career of the drummer uh, Ginger Baker, who was uh, very famously the drummer in Cream with uh, Eric Clapton, and. Uh, uh, who were absolutely huge in the sixties, and um, uh, and also in Blind Faith and uh, Public Image Limited and all sorts, but is basically attributed with being the first, uh, the pioneering rock drummer, because he was an incredible jazz drummer. But just because of his personality and the way he was, he just had this style that was so sort of. Uh, you know, sort of bestial almost. He he, many consider him to be the inspiration for Animal oh, right, because okay. he had this big ginger hair and ginger beard, and we've just like, you know. Um, but he's now an old guy. He's completely broken, living in South Africa. And uh, oh no, mate! It's a tragedy. It's another music documentary where we got to South Africa. Does he leave in the house next door to you the know, guy? From... Not a single person with a South African accent is in the documentary. Oh. Hasn't he sort of got a bit? No, of he's not. He still sounds like Ginger Baker. What is his? Per- I've seen. I saw trailers for this last year. Is he just someone who's crazy? Um. Well, that's that's open to debate. I mean, he 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 doesn't seem to manage to hold on to any creative project for more than two three years before he has assaulted or, or had you know completely fallen out with whoever it is and he moves on to another part of the world like he goes from Britain to um, Italy to Nigeria he go he just at the height of his success he disappears off to Nigeria to go and learn drumming from uh, African drummers who are the best in the world and everyone's like what's he doing and he spends all of his money trying to build a music studio in Nigeria which is instantly the most high-tech music studio Nigeria's ever had but then because Nigeria's Nigeria and it's sort of it was a war zone back then or whatever you know things were bad he loses that and has to uh, run away and drive he drove across the Sahara to uh, <laughs> to get there in a car. Like he's, he was mad, like properly into drugs, properly just strange. I mean, a modern perspective on him, rather than just being sort of like a rock god and we will never understand him, is he probably has Asperger's. Okay. Um, but uh, he's never been diagnosed. He's not that. Um, he's not that generation. Everyone's got but, Asperger's these days, haven't they? <laughs> I mean, you just trip up on the road and something you've got Asperger's. Something in the water. You're saying Asperger's? No, no, no. On the record, that Asperger's is caused by something in the water. Yeah, yeah, it's vaccinations, isn't it? No, no, I'm not. It might be um, true. This is the sort of thing where you say something like, like that, and someone, it, it, the word Asperger's in the water gets picked up on the whole sort of internet. Are you saying the NSA listens into Film Fandango? <laughs> I'm saying there's certain keywords that come together very close, so Asperger's in the water, and that comes out there, suddenly they start listening in, 
and they think, and, oh, right. We've and they got, become but, fans, and then they buy a T-shirt no, no, by going to redbubble.com forward slash people forward slash Film Fandango. They could buy a Redbubble T-shirt, or they could donate to podcast on filmfandango.co.uk to help us with running costs. Mm. Or they or they could think, they say, right, we can't have these two spread in this on the these sort of rumours on the radio wave, waves, whatever it's called. The airwaves. Yeah. Yeah. Let's kill them. Well, fingers crossed they buy a sticker. I'm just... Just the record, in case they are listening, I don't think there's Asperger's caused <laughs> by uh, stuff in the liquid in the water, toothpaste in the water or something. Toothpaste in the water. <laughs> something to do with that, isn't it? Yeah. Um, anyway, um, he's sort of a fascinating figure just completely artistically uncompromising. That's what's sort of enviable about him. I mean, um, uh, John Lydon says in it um, that he doesn't care how what people criticise Ginger Baker for in his personal life. What Whatever Ginger Baker is, is what it took to be the drummer he is, and it worked, you know, because he, he is considered... It, everyone argues about this to be the best in the world, you know. I mean, he's often lumped in with sort of like um, John Bonham and Keith Moon, yeah. and uh, the maker of the documentary actually puts that to Eric Clapton, and Clapton goes, no, no, no. You know, Ginger uh, can actually do it all. He is a, you know, he's technically perfect. Because okay. Ginger Baker always fought against the uh, being branded a rock drummer because he considered rock drumming to be uh, beneath him. He was a jazz drummer because the jazz guys can do incredible different timings and stuff, whereas rock is nearly all four four. You know, occasional three four. But and who are the people that are in the document you're talking about? Oh, Cla- Clapton's in it, and oh, I mean, obviously, lo- most of the people from. Um, his generation are sort of dead but um, um, what's his name the drummer from uh, from Rolling Stones is in it um, oh god I should, my brain's not working Charlie Charlie Watts Charlie Watts Charlie Watts yeah. uh, who looks a bit like a Neanderthal man but he, he's in it and uh, he's the one that looks like a ghost isn't he yeah yeah he skeleton it make a good skeleton I think yeah um, but I mean it's it is sort of fascinating um, I'm a drummer and I, I was aware of him but had oh, his I true hate significance drummers. Oh, you didn't tell me you're a drummer I hate drummers you know I was a drummer just I'm not a bongos just and drum circles kind of a drummer thing. yeah but you're um, the ones that you see down the park with those people chucking those fire things around fire no that's jumpers. what I'm saying I'm not a drum circle I do, I've never played bongos have you ever played stuff with a fire juggler down the park no never have you ever sat near a fire juggler one of, your, one of your mates. I lived in Edinburgh, where you couldn't be more than four hundred meters from a fire juggler at any time. But were you in the circle of someone? No, doing, never. Or not fire juggling, but what's the other one they do with a poi? Yeah. No, never, never done that. Uh, no kit, only kit drums. But um, interestingly, actually, something you've said about documentaries before. This for me is the worst so far in terms of the maker of the documentary comes across as a complete prick. Oh, no. That he starts it all by... And he's got this sort of self-assured American accent where he's just like, and of course I did this. And just like, I wanted to meet Ginger Baker, so I wrote to him and said I was a writer for the Rolling Stone. It was a lie. But he it got me the invite to his house, and I lived with him for two months. He's just like... You just lied to a man and then yeah. mooched off him in his house. And there's a bit there's the, they use in the trailer where Ginger Baker is furious with him and whacks him over the, the the nose. He breaks his nose with his cane. And then they show a bit later where 
the director of the movie is literally screaming in Ginger Baker's face going apologise to me apologise to me like a proper Christian Bale scale meltdown yeah. and you just go you've put that in your movie like yeah. this is a you are a psychopath you've basically just sort of um, you've basically just trapped an old man using your just will it's like, yeah. it's quite sinister. There's almost, by the end of the film, there's, you feel like you want to actually see more of what that guy was actually doing to Ginger Baker in his house in South oh, Africa. Oh, I see. That's interesting. Because he's an old guy now. The tragic thing is he hasn't picked up his sticks in months. You know, his, oh, his no. drums are just sort of pristine in the corner of a room and not being used. Oh, God. But, yeah. Is it good? It was good, yeah. I, I really enjoyed it. I'd give it. I'd give it a seven as well. So that's two sevens. Yeah. Two fairly good films, but that you shouldn't really go your way to see. Yeah. Um. I. I. Uh. The subject matter is interesting. It's a well put together story. It's not genius, and there's a bit at the end where the director puts himself in the story too much, and I suddenly hated him at the end I was just like oh go away I, that is so clunky and awful mm. trying to make it sort of about himself being the most important beat in this man's life um, what a dick yeah anyway I that's about it isn't it yeah yeah that'll do what happens at the end of this podcast uh, we uh, tend to reiterate any information we've forgotten and then say goodbye alright bye and uh, we also say um Keep watching the films. Bye-bye. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.